Hi, welcome to Cars and Comrades. This is Bryant with a couple quick announcements before we start the show. I said last week that we're switching our hosting, and we've got that mostly figured out uh, at rss.com. So I'll have the links in the show notes, uh, the description for the new RSS feed, the new uh, website, etc. So uh, the old hosting should go uh, till the end of the month, and then they're going to forward the RSS to the new um, the new hosting uh, up until March. So you can still use the same feed that you're hearing this on now, but you might want to switch to the new one. Or maybe you've already switched to the new one. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to come out. We might have already switched it. Um, I, yeah. So um, we're doing a little experiment where we split the project car updates uh, off from the beginning of the show and make that its own episode. And then we have the main segment as another episode. So uh, let us know if you like that concept. Um, we might keep doing it. You know, hit us up on email or social media um, if you have a strong opinion about it. And I don't know. We might switch that around and do different things. And But uh, yeah, I don't know. We're still figuring that out. So uh, I apologize if there's any duplicate episodes in your podcast app when we switch over. Uh, I guess that's kind of unavoidable with some of the apps. But with new hosting, it shouldn't happen as much. I mean, I know on the old one, when we would like change the episode description or like uh, edit the notes or whatever, it would, you know, show up as a brand new episode. So hopefully that won't happen with the uh, the new hosting. You also might see some duplicates when I upload the old episodes to the new archive. Uh, so sorry about that. But, you know, they all have numbers. You should be able to figure it out. I think this one's going to be number 32, 33, something like that. I'm not really sure if it's going to come out before or after the uh, Walter Ruther part three, but uh, either way, it should come out sometime in the holiday season. So uh, happy solstice, happy Saturnalia, happy new year. Uh, am I forgetting one in there? Uh, I think that's all of them. Anyways, have, have a good one. Uh, yeah. On to the show. All profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they've got to get them off welfare. That's about it. But as long as we're recommending stuff, um, I, I, I'm going to recommend the band Brass Against. But, you know, don't sit in the front row if you go and see them. <laughs> I don't know if you if you all saw that news story. No, <laughs> there's a there's a cover band called Brass Against that does mostly Rage Against the Machine covers, but with like brass instruments. I hate this already. <laughs> I mean, I kind of I kind of like them. You know, just because, I mean, I kind of like brass bands and they're interesting and stuff. Um, but but my uh, like, gut visceral reaction to everything is always hatred, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess, I don't know what exactly happened, if this was like some kind of stunt or or what happened. But the lead singer, um, I forget her name, Sophia something, was complaining at a show about how she needed to take a piss. And some fan was like here piss on my face and she did it on stage huh. and um yeah i guess it's car related because um 
she it was at a NASCAR event at Daytona, <laughs> and uh, Na- <laughs> and uh, and NASCAR has banned them from any future events. <laughs> I I heard I saw I saw people making jokes about peeing on fans' faces. So like I knew like okay somebody peed on somebody's face, but at, at a NASCAR event is uh, especially funny. <laughs> actually, it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes, which is what is the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? As I won't let a garbanzo bean on my face. <laughs> oh, no. I, I always heard that as uh, I never paid fifty dollars to have a garbanzo bean on my face. Yeah, there, there's like six ways that you can tell it that are all equally fucked up. So yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Good for, good for the singer of that band for like following through, making a name for themselves. Good on them. The fan asked for it. Yeah. That's what that's what happens. That's that's rock. Yeah, and roll. I've, I've I've softened up my anti stance on they they sound all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I do like their cover of Aerials by um, uh, System of a Down. So I don't know check that out. I guess. <laughs> right, and uh, I, thus ends the uh, recommendation section of the show. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think since uh, Connor, you were you were gone the last time we were talking about um, dream builds. Um, we were going to see what what ideas that you had for for building dream cars. What would you do if you had you know all the time and money in the world to fuck around with cars? Okay, so if I had all the time in the world and all the money or whatever, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest and upfront. I am gonna be probably the least interesting um but i would go for relatively practical um builds i think um like i've thought about this when i'm like man if if i started making like a whole lot of money like and i could do all kinds of crazy shit i would probably just have a bunch of not even a bunch a few old jdm cars with maybe some cool engine swabs and that would be it i would be perfectly content with that um so i mean first one top of mind would be probably I'd have to go with an FDRX7 with a 2JZ swap. Ooh, okay. I mean, look, 2JZ swaps are, they are what they are. I mean, they're, they're right now. The problem is that 2JZs are super expensive. So like, um, three, four years ago, you could pick one up for, five or six thousand dollars right with the turbo with the trans with everything you could pick up um everything you needed to do a 2jz swap for you know in that like whatever three to five thousand dollars or six thousand or whatever it was um they were reasonably priced right now minimum to get a 2jz swap not even like to get the swap kit like with different engine mounts and sway bars and all that shit just to get a, a jz motor with a turbo um, you're looking at ten thousand dollars minimum, so it's Ooh. become very Wait, what? yes. Th- that's that's what they're going for right now. So if you look up, you know, your local um, JDM engine importer, and you like try and find um, a two JZ, it is going to be outrageously expensive. Ten thousand is like entry level. You get a decent. This is specifically this is specifically like the GTE VVTI, right? Yes. Like the yeah. 
naturally aspirated block alone is not this pricey. Right? No, you can get a naturally aspirated and you can rebuild it's with the turbo. Yeah, it's with the it's with right. the turbo and, you know, comes with like the computer. Right. So that you can like, OK, you know, tune with that. So like, yeah, you can you can fuck around with some other stuff. But like you want something off the shelf, it's going to work. That's that's what you're looking at, which to rebuild Jesus. to rebuild the naturally aspirated one and get a proper computer tune and all that stuff, get the turbos and all that. You're probably looking at more money anyway. So um, that's kind of the problem with it. So um, unfortunately, yeah, they've gone pretty I need a whole turbo kit on eBay for 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah, wouldn't recommend it. But, um, you know, there's also like you can get a one Jay-Z um, probably a lot less although they're kind of going up in price too because two j's are so expensive but um i've always liked the look of the fdrx7 i think they are um relatively light um they're super low they look great and i mean i've never driven one but like everything about them seems cool so like that with a 2j um i think would be if i had all the time and money in the world that's what i'd do i mean i'd try and maybe rebuild that 2j to be like you know a single turbo um probably wouldn't put like an obnoxious large turbo on there but like something a little bit larger than the twins um you just don't want to have too much lag and shit um and then i would probably try and build it with you know some just mild cams and like um you know better slightly better internals although generally even stock internals can do quite a bit uh and i try and raise that red line a little bit so get it get a high revin single turbo 2JZ in an FDRX7 that's that's the dream right there so uh, you know outside of that I'd probably have you know a couple 240s with various engines in them <laughs> you name it would you have a would you have a Supra with a rotary no I probably wouldn't <laughs> but I would take that rotary and I would put it in something and if I were going to put it in anything it would probably be a fucking Miata because I think Ooh. that'd be fun. The Miata should have always had a fucking rotary, and Mazda made a mistake not doing that. So, like, let's say, like, I procured an RX-7, right, an FD, something I fuck with, and I got myself a 2JZ to build and put in there, which that's po- good power, and they're super reliable, right? And they sound great. So that would be, like, top drift car, everything. That's the fun car. But, like... I could pick up a shitty Miata roller to put that fucking rotary in. You can, you can have some fun and Hey, if you got money, you can make a rotary do very, very well. (laughs) Controversial opinion. You should not put a rotary in anything. It's a bad design. Fuck them. It's a, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a (laughs) bad design, but they're also very cool. I wouldn't look. I don't want to own one as a working person who has to pay for this shit. I don't want to own one. Okay. <laughs> but like, yeah. If, it, look, if I got like, fuck you money. Yeah. I'll, I'll fuck with rotary. If like, yeah, if I'm no longer you got the money, you can rebuild them every week when they break down. Yeah. You can just have <laughs> apex seals on hand at all times. Um, <laughs> really selling me on rotaries guys i don't know i I don't know put a bunch of stop leak in the in the crankcase (laughs) which probably helps i don't know (laughs) um yeah so uh that's what i would do i mean i'm gonna keep it short i could come up with i could pontificate about all sorts of things but like yeah i'd have an s13 and s14 
Uh, and the listeners are going to be like, wow, that's so boring. He'd want all drift cars. And to that, I say, yeah, because a good drift car can do pretty much anything else. Road course, autocross, you name it. They can do it all. They look cool. They feel cool. And yeah, they're cheap. And which I would in all s- fairness, it won't just be listeners saying that. Some <laughs> some of your co-hosts might say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Glad glad to uh I, I know I'm doing something right here. So yes, that's what I would do. Time and money were not uh, a factor. Come on. FDRX seven, two J Z. Dear I don't think there's a better combination on the planet. No shit. Um, yeah, I was listening to a, uh, a podcast with Rob Dom, uh, on the, yeah, smoking tire podcast, Mm -hmm. I think. And, um, he was talking about how like, you know, building rotaries is not, doesn't make sense today. Like, you know, there's, there, you're just doing it for the challenge basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, (laughs) and he's, he's doing it because, you know, he thinks it's interesting technology and it's fun. And he's actually like developing his own billet block mm-hmm. and like doing like six rotor engines and all kinds of crazy shit. But so like I can kind of appreciate that that side of things. But yeah, like if it's uh, for practical reasons, you know, no. it, it makes more sense to have a, a piston engine in almost everything. It's, it's almost like when I had it pointed out to me that you can pretty much not yeah. ever tweak the head design because it has to be like the one uniform shape just to like operate properly. Yeah. Wait, the head? Yeah. It 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 lost me at that point. Like it's it's why they had uh one of the reasons why they've struggled so much besides the fact that they're hand grenades um <laughs> is that because you cannot tweak the head design to have a more efficient combustion, then they have a really oh. hard time with emissions in every state. Yeah. Well, yeah, combustion chamber. Yeah, cuz they don't really have a head like a piston engine. Well, yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm using the wrong terms, but for the so like to describe, yeah, like the combustion chamber shape is pretty much fixed, which is a problem. Right. Oh yeah, and they right. are gas guzzlers. Holy shit, yeah. they are. And they have to yeah. burn oil as well, like a two stroke. Yep. Like you have to premix and stuff, so it's even worse. Oh, I didn't even know that. God, fuck those motors. <laughs> yeah, they're a huge thing. <laughs> they would be really cool in a Miata, though. That is a. That is, again, what the Miata always should have had, and then I probably wouldn't hate rotaries quite as much. Yeah. When I was in uh, tech school, we had, like, a final project that we had to, like, design and build something, and I was, for a second there, I was thinking it would be cool to design and build a 50cc rotary engine to put on my moped, but then I looked into it a little bit more, and I'm like, oh, no, that's a huge undertaking. That would that would take months and months of work, and I don't, <laughs> I'm going to do something a lot simpler. <laughs> I forget what I did in the end, but uh, yeah, not that fair. Um, oh, but um, I, I have another thing that I thought of, uh, you know, in the couple, well, I don't know, month and a half since we last recorded. But, uh, you know, it kind of ties into your uh, your thing, Connor. But I'd, I'd kind of like to take an RX-8 and put a um, 2.3 liter Mazda turbo engine mm. in it. Like from a Mazda Speed three or six, I feel like the RX eight. I don't know what the I don't know what they weighed in at, but I feel like that might be a little on the heavy side. I can't remember. It, I mean, it would be a little bit heavier and more like front heavy, especially. Hmm. Um, but that could be cool though. You'd get. I mean, 
and they're also the same. It's basically the same block as a Ford EcoBoost 2.3. And so it'll, those engines, my understanding is that they'll bolt up to the transmission in the RX-8 because they're a Mazda design. So if you have the, I mean, you'll, you'll have to like, you know, redo the, the front subframe, you'll probably notch it, put in different motor mounts and stuff. And there's people that have done this or are doing this. There's um, some American guy that's, that's trying to build an RX-8 for drag racing with a 2.3. And he's trying to get like a thousand horsepower out of it. Um, and then I saw a Polish guy with a two, two liter Mazda engine in an RX-8. Um, so just the two liter version of the same thing. But yeah, I mean, if it was the, if it was the EcoBoost motor, you can get that, those from like a Mustang with the engine computer and everything for like, all right, I think around four or 5,000 bucks. That's not bad. And you know, you can get a, you can get one out of a, our, uh, Mazda Speed 3 a lot cheaper than that. Uh, I think the Mazda Speed 3 makes like around 260 horsepower and then the, the EcoBoost Mustang is in right around 300, I think. So like that, that'd be, you know, better than what you get stock in the RX-8 and a lot more torque and more reliable, better emissions, you know. Hmm. That could be so, very cool. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be very cool. All right. Well, so I've got sort of a news story for you, although this is this is old news. This is from uh, July, so it's not really uh, current. But someone reminded me about this on uh, Hex Bear. Honestly, on it's that, never so. a bad time to talk about the e-bussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon spoiled it. We're talking about the e-bussy. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize what you the... said the name yet. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, we did, but then we, I don't know. We're going to edit out that part. Uh, maybe we should edit out this part. I don't know. Whatever. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll fix it in post. So, yeah. So, there is a, uh, a German startup company called Electric Brands, and they're building an electric bus sort of bummer. Thing. What a bummer ass name. <laughs> Just how lame. Yeah, it's lame. Uh, it's very generic. Wow. It's very German. It yeah. is. It is very German. Like, oh, what do we build here? We build electric things. We are brand for electric. We will be electric <laughs> brand. And th- that's it. That's, you know, like, yes, that's, that's good, Hans. Good name. And then move on, because they're German. Uh, good job, Hans. Oh, thank you, Dieter. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a lot of anti-German uh, racism on this, this show here. And I'm I'm here for it. I don't know if that's how racism works. <laughs> but, but if it is, we should be careful because I have it on good authority that it's only it, it's only okay to be racist against Italians. Oh, okay. I don't know how we're well, Germans. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm part German, so I think I can I can say that. Yeah, I was just about to say I'm one I'm one sixty fourth German, so <laughs> I, it's, I'm actually allowed to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my my yeah. great great grandmother was actually a German princess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can say really racist shit about Germans now. That's yeah, basic math. Yeah, so electric brands they came up with this uh, little miniature electric, sort of like a K car bus tr- uh, truck sort of thing. It looks kind of like a 
a Volkswagen bus um, with a little pickup area in the back. Um, I feel like you're really and, like kind of d- doing a soft sell. It's actually a really cool design. Because- yeah, no, it's cool. I, I wouldn't mind having one if I needed like a little tiny utility vehicle for something. Well, I don't even just mean in like the visual sense, but it's designed to be highly modular. Uh-huh. So like you can buy it as a pickup, as an extended cab pickup, as a camper van, uh, as a work van. And I think if I understand it correctly, it's basically all of those things at once. Like you can just take things apart and put it back together. Like, yeah, see, that's, that is my thing I read literally said that they were inspired by Legos. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's so modular that you can move the steering wheel between the passenger and driver's side so that they don't have to manufacture it differently for different countries. Oh, that's great. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so I must've missed that. But yeah, I mean, um, it's got, what's that one Nissan from the like late eighties, early nineties that they kind of did that where there was like different roofs that you could put on the back to make it like a hatchback or like a coupe or a convertible or something. I don't you know, know, you all know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I do not. Uh, Pulsar or something or no, maybe, that, maybe it was in a Suzu. I forget. I'll, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes, but, um, but yeah, so the, the e-bussy it stands, it's short for electric bus system. And um, I guess uh, the Germans figured out that that means something else on the internet, <laughs> at least in the English speaking world. But they released the name before they figured that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but what else could Ebussy mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You know, you'll have to figure that out, I guess. Uh, you know, get get on the. Urban Dictionary. That's the word thing I was thinking of. Uh, you don't have. You guys don't have to look it up. It's just a man's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> but in a, a but in a an intensely sexual connotation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess someone told them, and they they unfortunately changed the name to X Bus. So uh, it's oh, like. Oh, okay. I was okay. So I was looking at the title, and I was like. Wait, so this thing's not going to exist. What am I looking at pictures of? Is this the X-Bus? Oh, so they changed the name because of the internet joke, which, I mean... Yeah. I think they had it right the first time. They should have left it. It would have been a great marketing tool. <laughs> yeah. You can't You can't forget um, it. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of but want it. to. <laughs> I think they should have doubled down on it, you know? Yeah, and like instead of going to this generic ass X bus name, just go whole hog on it. Name it something like uh, <laughs> I mean, just extremely explicit, like the cum box or something. Like just go all in <laughs> on the gross sexualness of it. Well, I don't think all of them should have had that. I think that there should have been an e bussy whole hog edition. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or didn't where someone was saying call it the power bottom or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's okay. got so much torque. It's got so much torque. It, like not making a euphemism, it does. It generates a lot of torque and not very much horsepower. I uh, I forget the horsepower number, but I have the torque number right here in front of me: seven hundred and thirty-eight pound feet <laughs> of torque. It's a total yeah. power bottom. It just <laughs> it just is. You're not getting any arguments from me on that. Yeah, like <laughs> that is outrageous. Okay, hold on. So, can someone explain? Like, it's so. If I understand correctly, it's like 
got crazy uh torque but like very little horsepower i don't even under- like wh- how would that even drive i don't understand oh my god i thought that i was lowballing it by a wide margin when before the show i said that i think this thing has like 35 horsepower i was not it is 20 horsepower <laughs> it is a 20 horsepower 700 plus pound feet of torque motor so you can do burnouts all the way up to 45 (laughs) miles an hour yeah i'm like uh, okay so i i I agreed to to discuss like the horsepower versus torque thing but i did forget one thing and that's that I'm very confused about how that translates over to electric motors because with an internal combustion motor, I like very much understand like the science and math in terms of like how you make horsepower, how you make torque, like what the formula is, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I'm going to have to speak in slightly broader terms for this since it's electric, but effectively uh, horsepower is uh, is a like horsepower is a factor of torque but what it is is torque is a measurement of leverage horsepower is a measurement of how often that leverage is made Hmm. yeah so think of it like you you can turn a turn turn a lever to like do whatever unit of work that you're trying to do and if you can only do that once then maybe you've moved something an inch, but if you can do it a hundred times, then you can move it a hundred inches or whatever. Like, God, I do not have a good metaphor for this because it's complicated, but basically it boils down to horsepower is top speed. Torque is effectively like towing capacity. Yeah. I mean, uh, one way to think about it is I, I was for in college, I had to like do some sort of calculation thing and I was figuring out, um, basically I had to like make a a spreadsheet that calculated something. That was the assignment. And I, I did like a, a, or maybe it was a C plus plus program, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I made this computer program that had to calculate something and I decided to calculate like the horsepower and torque on a a bicycle. So like if you're standing up on the pedals, pedaling as, as hard as you can, you know, let's say you can make around a hundred, foot pounds of torque depending on how much you weigh how what your muscle is or whatever so like if you're standing on the pedal the the crank arm is you know like six inches or whatever and you weigh you know 150 pounds that's 75 foot pounds going onto the crank okay at that instant at least and then you know you can only pedal so fast but i don't know 200 rpm or whatever so, and you're not making that hundred foot pounds throughout the entire stroke of the crank or whatever. And it also not equally to... at all RPMs. Once you're running right. at the upper exactly. level of the, um, your RPM range, you're not exerting full force each rotation. Yeah. And, and basically like, you know, horsepower is what's going to get you your top speed because you're using that power to push through the air. And then torque is going to get you your acceleration, how quickly you get up to that speed, basically. But even that's like misleading, because if you're making enough horsepower down low, like you're still going to be making more torque. But well, I mean, like in terms of acceleration, if if you have something built so that uh, you've got a trans brake and a really loose torque converter and all that, 
you can launch at full horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of simplified it a little bit because, you know, it, it all depends on like what, what, at what RPM you're making that power and torque and, you know, what your gearing is, how, what your transmission is, how much your car weighs and all that kind of thing. It all kind of, you know, factors together or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've heard but, a lot of, uh, you know, it, uh, analogies of, you know, horsepower versus torque. I've seen the math and I've watched countless videos on like, Oh, here's horsepower versus torque. And to this day, I do not understand them. I know that like when I get in the car and I like hit the gas pedal and I go, that's what it does. It makes noise. And then I get to go fast and sometimes sideways, but like <laughs> I've never been able to grasp this concept. So like, it's fine. Cause normally it's like, well, you know, whatever your torque is, is probably close to what your horsepower is. Generally, um, they tend nope. to go up well, together. Generally, yeah, that's fair. I mean, so it's like, it's usually like, oh, I don't really need to know that much, right? Like if I get this part, it's probably going to increase torque and it's going to increase horsepower. Cool. That's all I need to know. The trouble is when you get into something like it's got 20 horsepower and 700 plus pound feet of torque, I'm like, okay, my brain is broken. Please explain to me how this fucking vehicle drives. Cause I don't like, that's where it actually be when there's a difference. I don't fully understand. Okay, it. so I just looked up the eBussy's top speed. It's actually surprisingly high for twenty horsepower. They're saying it's around fifty-six miles per hour. Okay, but for what, as I understand it, what that means with this twenty horsepower motor making seven hundred and plus pound feet of torque is that it is going to top out at about 56 miles per hour it's going to get to 56 miles an hour really fucking fast and it's going to be able to tow very comfortably at 56 miles per hour hmm, okay makes yeah. sense yeah well and and you also want torque for like off-roading where you're you know going up a steep hill and you know that's that's where you uh torque comes in handy like for rock crawling and stuff that's why you have um you know low like low range gears on off-road vehicles usually yeah yeah but even even a lot of uh the crazier off-road like like uh like i think they're called like rock hoppers or rock bouncers or rock whatever crawlers. Like, yeah they're building no this is like a newer type i think they're bouncers but i'm not sure it's basically a cage with either an ls or a big block twin turbo and they make crazy high horsepower and they're just screaming through the whole course yeah Huh. But these are things that are trying to like launch themselves up the sides of mountains. Right. right. Also, gear gear reduction makes the whole thing confusing too, because you can have something that makes very little horsepower, very little torque, but it has an incredibly short first gear, which acts as a torque multiplier. So you can launch really hard, but then like you're going to be shifting through gears super fast, and you're yeah, it's yeah, it is genuinely difficult to understand. I've seen people that take like an old pickup truck with a blown motor and they'll put like a, um, uh, like a five horsepower engine from, you know, Harbor freight in there, like a lawnmower engine and just gear it down with chains and stuff so that you can drive this, you know, 4,000 pound vehicle with five horsepower. It just goes very, very slowly, like 10 miles an hour max or something. Huh? Um, wow. I'm, that's shocking to yeah. me at all. Like, just wow. Okay, <laughs> good to know. 
But I guess if if we're getting into the history, um, I mean, it comes from the 1700s with uh, steam engines and mines. Uh, there's a guy named Thomas Savory and then also James Watt, who's more famous. You know, basically, they were using it as a way to calculate, like, how many horses that you could replace with a steam engine. Yeah. So, like, back in the 1700s, you know, they were hauling ore out of mine shafts with um, horses and pulleys and ropes and stuff. Um, and they wanted to, you know, put in a stationary steam engine to replace that. Um, and they're like, okay, well, you know, this horse can move this much weight up this mine shaft in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And, um, you know, our steam engine can do the same. So therefore it has one horsepower. Gotcha. And, and, uh, Brandon, I forget what you were saying that like horses can actually make more when they're at full gallop or something. Uh, I didn't say anything about that, but I, I looked up, uh, looked it up online and found out that it, a horse makes approximately 15 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Oopsie daisy. We, we are getting a little bit sidetracked, though, because yes. we have just dis- started talking about horsepower versus torque as to where we were discussing the e-bussy. Yeah. Should we get back to yes, the e-bussy? Sorry. Like, well, anything else about it? I, I think that's all I had about it. Well, I, don't, um, I, I just think that it's worth mentioning, aside from the fact that they hilariously named it the e-bussy, it's one of the most, like, maybe I'm, like, o- overselling this, but it's, it's one of the most insanely... Uh, like well thought out things I feel like I've seen in a while. Like this seems insanely utilitarian. Yeah. And not like in the like trolley thing where you have to decide to only kill the one person instead of 10 or something like this. <laughs> this seems like a highly functional vehicle. There's, there's, I forget exactly how many, uh, 10 different configurations just for like van versus pickup versus extended cab, uh, pop up like flatbed, there's even like a little box it, truck attachment. So like all of this stuff, I'm pretty sure you can convert it. So like this would be a thing where you would buy the vehicle and you could, I presumably, if I'm reading this correct, you could like go to the dealer and get some attachments for it. Like there's a, oh, this is the RV version. This is the pickup truck version. This is the box truck version. Like you can do some shit with it. And it seems like it's modular enough that you could probably change it as you need to to like let's say you're yes you're you're little you know going to get groceries and stuff you can kind of take it apart a little bit get it you know pared down to what you, just what you need and then like when you're going like oh i'm gonna go on a trip you can add like a back end detachment or something which is again super utilitarian it's kind of cool it's like it's it just seems so modular i can't find this again you can move the steering wheel between the passenger and driver's side with fair ease because they want, like, they literally, it, I, I keep seeing it described as the Lego principle, which is basically just being able to do everything on the vehicle, like, super fast and, and easily. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a good a good thing to compare this car to, um, or this vehicle is it's a lot like if you know like what a K car is in like Japan where it's like they're kind of like they're smaller they're probably kind of slow or whatever but like in terms of getting use out of it and like doing what you need to do getting from point A to point B maybe towing some shit this is pretty much right there so it looks like it's it's a very small van it's very modular 
really easy to mess with. And it appears, you know, like something that would be, you know, electric, but not too demanding. It's one of these, I think there's a certain amount of sacrifice that we have to make to, you know, not burn the planet to the ground. And I think part of that is like, hey, some vehicles are just going to be not super fast or not super luxurious or whatever, but they're going to get the job done. Like, I think we kind of have to have like a, uh, like for for lack of a better like analogy, I, I really wish that we had more like K cars in the U.S. and other Western countries where it's just like, yeah, here's like this small yeah. little thing that gets good gas mileage, doesn't destroy the planet, but like gets my shit done for when I need to drive. Obviously, we shouldn't all need to drive everywhere. It would be cool if we didn't have to do that. But to the extent that you have to, yeah, like I don't need to be driving you know, my race car every day. Now I do because it's tough to afford a, a, you know, another car where, you know, it's, it gets challenging to maintain that. But like in the world that we're coming up to, I think we have to start looking at smaller vehicles and things that are just almost like a little more cleverly engineered. And this looks like one of those things that is cleverly engineered in exactly that way. So like this is a promising thing I th- I feel. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean this thing is still a ways out like I don't think they're going to be taking orders until next year. But like there are all these, you know, little K cars. There's some Chinese companies making, you know, electric pickup trucks and stuff like that that are, you know, around the same scale um, you know, for pretty cheap. Uh and you know, like honestly like I would I wouldn't mind driving a K car if there weren't like, yeah. you know, F three fifties all around <laughs> yeah. me. Like the, you the know, more I like run me over, the more I read about the e so. like even just like looking for some of the like stuff I wanted to talk about and finding out more like this thing's kind of sick. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I, like, I can't find like diff like a lot of uh, specifications for the individual loadouts, but they, th- I, it has to be a lot smaller than I realize because it weighs between a thousand and 1300 pounds, depending on loadout. Oh, that's dope. That's cool. As but can fuck. Haul, it can haul up to 2,200 pounds. Cool as fuck. Uh, yeah, this it, thing is awesome. And it looks like it starts around, starts around 1700 euros, 1800 euros, like, which I'm okay, not sure what that like, is in dollars. Let me, Okay, what yeah, I'm seeing no, is $18,273 starting out. I don't know why they would yeah. do that because it's not being offered in America, at least not yet. Hold on, hold on. Is it 18,000 pounds or 1,800 pounds? Thousand. 18,000 okay. 18, British pounds or around yeah. uh, 23, yeah, 24,000 okay. US dollars. But the most expensive models seem to only go up to about 33 grand. Yeah, I feel like that's still a little on the expensive side for you know but then again okay like to, to be clear the thirty three thousand dollar version is the off-road camper version okay that's the one i would want <laughs> so like yeah <laughs> but i mean like by comparison cool. like uh you can buy a of like a regular like van that like like the one of the like van life kind of vans built out by winnebago and they start at around 80 grand yeah that start. makes sense yeah that's true so when this thing's top price is thirty three grand, and bear in mind, like if, I'm assuming top price comes with everything, which means that it's got 
all like the upgraded batteries, which have a 373 mile range and come with solar panels for recharging when you're camping. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The camper one comes with like a safe. I'm really selling myself on this thing as we're doing the episode. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. Like I would love it a little more if it was still called an e-bussy, but <laughs> I, I would still totally buy one of these things. The camper one has a sink and a fridge. <laughs> when it comes to America and we all buy them, I'll I'll print custom I'll make custom badges for them. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is great. We need I think we need more of more of these. More of this kind of shit. This is dope. I like it. Yeah, I'm so used to the electric innovation in America being like bigger and dumber pickups and like cars that can suddenly do like a zero to 60 in like 0.3 seconds or something like it's no practical innovations as to where this seems like a practical innovation yeah for most for most regular people who don't need that that shit you're like yeah this is this is what we actually need is you know uh, we need something that can like you know, drive on the highway a little more comfortably, I think. But like, I was going to say, my singular criticism is it, it's going to need about 10 to 15 m- more miles per hour top speed. Yeah. Because at 56, you either can't get on the highway or you can get on the highway and you're going to die. <laughs> Which, again, this is not for the U.S., but like in the U.S., we need something that is similar, but yeah, higher top speed by a little bit. But like, yeah, something modular, something that'll get people from point A to point B. And, I mean, that is what we need to transition to. It's just shit that makes sense for most people who, who you know, aren't necessarily car enthusiasts who need to, you know, go fast everywhere. Which I do not need to go fast everywhere, by the way. Just being clear, you know, that's for the weekend. Well, I don't need to. I choose to. Yeah, I choose to, but... I would choose. I would, if I could afford it, I would. I would choose an alternative for the day to day stuff. Believe me. Oh my god! I've just found some pictures, and these are not like uh, uh, this hasn't been manufactured yet. These are just some like, just like uh, uh, mock ups. But it looks like the batteries are stored in what is effectively a giant drawer underneath the bed, like the back of the van. And it honestly looks like you could probably swap out the batteries in a few hours. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the things they said that you could swap the batteries in like 10 minutes. Or, you know, like it. any of the other electric options that we have right now where like if it's a Tesla and the batteries are bad, you scrap it. Yeah, exactly. It's, leave it to the Germans to come up with something like this wildly practical. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find it right now and I'm failing, but there's... At least one or two other um, startup companies that are doing this, and I think at least one or different versions, similar concepts where it's a small electric utility vehicle sort of deal. Um, and there's at least one Chinese manufacturer that I think was going to start selling them in the U.S. Um, as what hmm. they call neighborhood electric vehicles, which is like somewhere in between a, a golf cart and a, an actual car. Nifty. You know, you can only drive on lower speed limit roads. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, going into this, we were like, oh, we're going to discuss the e-bussy. And I'm like, yeah, of course we are, because that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of learning more about it as we're going right now. I already knew it was pretty utilitarian. But as I'm, like, kind of gleaning these different details here and there, I'm like, 
really sold on this fucking thing. Yeah, me too. I, I fucking love it. Like, yeah. Back to the point about like, you know, making some, uh, you know, sacrifices. I think really the 56 mile an hour top speed is the only one that you really have to make. Like it's so useful in so many ways and standard equipment on this thing. I'm on their website right now is like, you know, a 10.2 inch display audio system with speakers, CarPlay, Android Auto, Bluetooth, keyless entry, uh, you know, the solar roof. Like it's got the standard like creature comforts of any other modern car. It starts way cheaper than most modern cars. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you, you don't get to go 80 miles an hour on the highway, but frankly, if I had the choice, I would rather pass a couple of these in the right lane, just cruising along at 56. than get passed on the right by a dude in a 350 dually hauling a fifth wheel and a boat doing 95. Because that shit's yeah. fucking terrifying, and it happens all the time. Yeah. Like, like as I've gotten older, like, I, I still like to go fast, but, the, like, to me, like, there is a certain amount of joy I get in just staying off the interstate and, like, taking the long way and taking it easy. Yeah. And, the like, the more I'm thinking about it, the less I'm even that mad at the 56 mile an hour cap, because I'm like, well, yeah, that sucks a little bit, but I, 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 well, I'll, often travel distance on roads that are like 45 to 55 mile an hour speed limits. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, the e-bus or <laughs> X-bus or other vehicles in this segment, they're, they're probably designed for mostly like going around town, you know, deliveries or like, like what a lot of K yeah. trucks are used in uh, the U S for is like doing landscaping on a college campus or like at the zoo, you know, carrying around, food for the yeah, like this thing's not going to fit in well on the Audubon but like basically the rest of Europe it's going to do right. great in oh yeah um and I found that thing that I was looking for um it's um a little tiny electric pickup um that is supposedly going to be marketed in the U.S. under the brand Pickman and it's you can buy it on Alibaba right now if you want for five thousand dollars and uh it's worth every penny it seems um Built by Chinese startup uh, Kaiyun Motors, top speed of 28 miles an hour, but it has a 1,100 pound cargo capacity. Wow, which is pretty decent for a little uh, electric. Pickup yeah, for, truck. for a sub ten thousand um, dollar pickup truck, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a four kilowatt motor, which is I don't know around five six horsepower. So, you know, it's not going to be moving quick. You know, 20 miles an hour, but it'll you know it'll haul some stuff. It's one pitfall is that uh, you're going to have to hear from a lot of people who don't know how to do research about how it was built by slaves. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As, as opposed to all the other car companies who are made by free individuals, not wage slaves or no coercion anything. involved whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like uh, that just made me think about it. I'm just going to say uh, congratulations to the John Deere folks who held out and like oh, yeah, absolutely. maybe they're still not f- free in the sense that we're discussing it, but they definitely made some gains against their bosses and uh, fucking respect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they still do have that like two tier system for benefits, but at least they, you know, killed the proposal to have a three tier system. Oh, I see. I'm, I think so. I might've confused that thinking that 
they had gotten rid of the tier system altogether. No, they. But didn't. they also got like I don't think I'm they wrong. did a very much more significant pay bump than the they first did. Contract. Yeah, no, they definitely got a bigger pay increase than the the first and second offer. Yeah, I regretfully inform that, you that uh, the IATSE contract that I was hoping to get rejected got uh, ratified. Boo. Ah, uh, yeah. The uh, there are already people who are trying to organize to like say like this. Today is the day that we start organizing for the contract that we fight for in three years. So, I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it's be how organizing fun. actually is supposed to work. Yeah, but it's a fu- it's fucking annoying. Like I have to live three more fucking years of my life with this shitty fucking contract. Fine, but the next time we are beating your fucking ass. Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, yeah, in this with the UAW which obviously we're doing the big series on and in kind of looking in the past, but like what they've currently got, it sounds like the UAW was like pushing for some of these earlier contracts and they were trying to get them ratified and they were, you know, doing all kinds of things, telling workers, Oh, you know, Ooh, if you don't ratify this one, it's going to be bad and this and that and whatever they are, you know, relatively complacent, you know, the same criticisms we've had, they're complacent. They're, you know, a little too, um, they're working with management a little bit too much or they think, Oh, you know, this is the best deal we're going to get. But obviously the workers, they rejected two contracts and they got a much better one on the third contract. So it's not great. Don't, you know, it it, it leaves a lot to be desired, but it's much, much better than the first two. Um, And so their union wasn't doing them. I mean, yeah, they were kind of going to bat for them, but, we're doing them that many favors, unfortunately. And that's kind of this where we're at with most unions as of right now is, you know, I know it doesn't feel that way when you go on social media, but a lot of workers are way beyond what their unions are asking for. So I don't know, maybe that's a point to be optimistic on, but um, you know, the workers are ahead of the unions as of now. So it seems it's uh it's easy to become a like like in a be a person in the union who kind of forgets what it's like to be on the shop floor. Yeah, it's about money, but it's not only about money. Yeah. Well, on that note, that yeah. uh, I think that'll wrap it up for us, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that's all I have uh, for now. I think you know we, we got a couple other things we could talk about, but we'll save that for the future. But um. I guess, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you got an idea of something that, that, uh, we should cover, you know, write in, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I don't know, consider, consider it, it I get guess. to it eventually. <laughs> I know there's, there's, we've had some people reach out to us. Sometimes it takes us a while to get around to things, um, because we're very slow and very unprofessional and very disorganized. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and we get a lot of spam on our email yeah, address too. Yeah. That and, you know, mostly spam. Um, also I did get, um, for any listeners who care, I did get some documents from my EPA FOIA requests, but, uh, I am going through those and it's going to take me a little bit and I may have to do some follow-up work, um, before I actually have anything to report, but I did get that stuff. So it's, it was a real FOIA request and I really got a response on it, which is really exciting for me. Um, so, uh, aside from that, um, you know, follow us on, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Hexbear, Reddit, you name it. We're there. Do memes and shit. Uh, 
all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, give us a good rating on your podcast app, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, if you haven't already, check out uh, Turn Leftist podcast. And, you know, we're still in the middle of doing a series with them on Walter Ruther. So we'll that'll be coming out slowly, sort of concurrently with this, you know, in bits and pieces whenever we have time to. uh, Yeah. So for anyone who's who's kind of unsure of how that's going to work, because we weren't sure when we recorded it, we like it, it turned into a much deeper dive than we expected. Um, so chances are those episodes will come out every two, maybe three weeks if, you know, we're late on editing and stuff. Um, so those will come out kind of on our normal, like two to three week ish kind of intervals like we're used to. Um, episodes like this may come out in between and stuff like that. So we're going to try and do a little bit more concurrently so that there's um, something going on as well. But uh, yeah, so the so this series will be going will be ongoing for quite a while. Um, in terms of release dates. So be prepared for that. Yeah, it, it, it'll it all make sense in the end, I assure you. Maybe. Maybe. I make no promises on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I realized as I was saying that, uh, maybe I shouldn't be promising anything. Uh, the turn leftist guys actually seem like maybe they know what they're doing, so they'll edit it into something coherent for us. <laughs> yeah, no, they they definitely uh, are a little bit more established and organized than we yeah. are. Yeah, people actually listen to that show, uh, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> people give them money. I can't believe that. <laughs> I mean, well, I can I, mean... I can believe it. I, I can I can understand why we're not in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we knew from the onset <laughs> of this mind. show that we were filling a very small niche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want us to be more professional and organized, uh, you could try sending us money. Probably not going to work, but you could fucking try. Yeah, we will just spend it on gas or something. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So happy that the job I'm starting tomorrow for the next three months is one and a half miles from my house. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to start riding my bicycle to work. Hell yeah. Fuck gas prices right now. Yeah, for a mile and a half, you should definitely do that. That's great. There is one very gnarly hill that I would have to go up after work. And I'm like, I don't know, man. That seems shitty. Oh, you could do it. <laughs> that's that's why you need an e-bussy with all that torque. <laughs> exactly. That's a 35 mile an hour road, man. I could tear it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, you know, thanks for listening and stuff. And go follow us and all that good stuff. Yep. Y'all take care. All right. Night, good night. We gon' make you pay five to five bits, we make you pay five to water bits. We gon' fight riches and not riches, but we gon' fight the solidarity. We said we're not gonna fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we gonna fight the socialism. <laughs>